Hi, I'm Konrad, and these are the Chronicles of Curious Characters. We feature a new character in each episode and their unique story. We explore their backgrounds and their passions. We focus on the melting pot of Luxembourg, but every now and then we will have guests from other countries. We'll be talking to locals and expats about what they love to do, what they're enthusiastic about in life, and what makes Luxembourg such a special place for them. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Chronicles of Curious Characters. And I do have another character sitting on the opposite side of the table in front of me. I would like to welcome Phil, or Philip, I don't know what you prefer, to the show. Hi, Phil. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil. It's okay. Short, uh, it's easier. I'm glad to be here. Interesting experience. My first time in a podcast as a guest. It's so great to have you here. And you are experiencing the podcast slightly differently as well, because you are producing something for the people interested in Luxembourg and living in Luxembourg. But maybe we'll talk about it later. At the beginning, uh, if you could maybe tell a few words to our listeners, who you are, where you're from, and how the heck did you end up in Luxembourg? (laughs) Thanks. That's a a good question. Uh, So I'm Brazilian by origin. I was born there. Uh, in the south of Brazil, the southmost state near the border of Argentina and Uruguay. I lived there for about uh, 21, 22 years, so I went to college there. And after I finished college, I, my idea was already to come to Europe. My family, it's of Italian origin, so I, I already had Italian citizenship as well, dual citizenship, and this helped me. So after I finished college, I thought, okay, so what, what is the next step? So maybe let's try Europe. And so I went to Portugal first. That's kind of a natural move for, for Brazilians at the end because of the, the language and culture. It's very similar between the two countries. After I finished college, I moved to Portugal to start a master's degree. I spent about two years in Portugal as well. Just to put into context, uh, my bachelor's was in international relations. So that's an area which I'm very fond of. Diplomacy, economy, relation between countries, geopolitics. And in an academic sense, it's very interesting, very nice. But then after, in the career-wise, it's a bit complicated to develop. But still, I went to Portugal and uh, did a master's also in international relations, the same area as my bachelor's. So I arrived in Portugal in 2019, and right away, one month before the classes started, I start to get a feeling of the country, but there is very easy adaptation. It's something completely different uh, as Luxembourg. It's more of a cultural shock, I would say. For this part, it was quite nice. And after two or three months there, I was already thinking, of course, uh, will I start working? Will I just be here studying, it's a bit complicated financially wise saying. And then I, I, as I was already interested in finance, so it's uh, connected to international relations in many ways. 
And then I started applying to banks, uh, so financial sector, uh, also some things, international relations more related, but uh, it's very limited in Portugal. So I ended up going to banking. So I was doing the two things at the same time, so a master and, and working. So it was quite a challenge. So basically I started working at uh, 8 a.m., finished at 5, took the, the, the metro, went to the classes, finished at 10, come back home and do it all over again. So it was uh, two very challenging years for me, but also career-wise was the right move for sure. When I finished the master's and I was ready two years there, I already had some experience and had a, a good education. So he allowed me to try to move somewhere where, I mean, culturally Portugal is good, but uh, salary-wise wages are, are, not, uh, are not good. And Lisbon has a big problem with housing, as Luxembourg, of course, uh, but it's maybe a bit more complicated than Luxembourg even. So after these two years, finished master's, good experience, let's start sending CVs. Where? Well, I want to continue in banking, so we got to see maybe Switzerland, maybe London. And then I see nice uh, opportunities, you know, in LinkedIn or something, Luxembourg. Oh, Luxembourg. Okay, let me do a little research. Let me dig up a little bit and see what is this country, uh, what happens there. And then I start doing my research, and I found very interesting, such a small country, the, the position, uh, and then the, the language. Uh, so at first I was like, okay, uh, so people speak French more there, or Luxembourgish, what, what, what is the deal? Or German or English. Or German, or exactly. I, I, well. that, uh, that's interesting as well. I thought there would be more German here, uh, but uh, I don't see that much. Of course, Luxembourgish and German are similar in some ways. A bit different, but uh, I think they can understand each other at, at, until some point. Well, uh, I start sending CVs, and I got this this uh, manager calling me and saying, "Well, you want to come to Luxembourg? You know, you do the same thing that you were doing in Portugal, but in a no higher position, higher level." And I say, "Yes, okay, I want to do that." And he was like, "Okay, but are you ready for this change? Because here is different." Are you ready for Luxembourg? Yes, exactly. He was very, he, was, he, he really outlined this, you know, look, the weather is not the same as Portugal. It's not the same as Brazil. Uh, well, uh, we are recording it on the 12th of June. And I think the weather is very much now it is, like yeah. in, uh, in Portugal and maybe in Brazil. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. At this part of year, but let's say that there you have these for many months of the year. While, whereas here, it's still a bit, actually, yeah, two, three months like this. And again, six or seven. And those long periods of winter with no light, short days, I think this is the biggest difference, uh, are the short days and lack of sun. And then he told me, okay, are you ready for this? And I said, let's do it. And I, I didn't look back, you know, I thought, okay, I, I feel like my career here in, in Portugal is not going to go anywhere. Maybe when I retire, I can come here and live here. But right now, uh, nothing will happen. So let's take the next step. Even if it's, it, is a, it is a challenge, as for everyone that comes here, and you don't really know because you read a lot of things, you watch a lot of videos maybe. But when you come here, it's always different, right? But for me, it was actually a positive difference. I was expecting like nothing to do. It was just work and go home, work and go home. Make some money, that's it. Like a typical finance sector, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's important to, to say that. 
I would say that today, of course, IT is growing a lot here, but finance is still the heart of the, the Luxembourgish economy. And uh, it's still uh, in the past, but that's done. And now they are focusing so much on, on finance and IT. And they need people, they need qualified people. That's why it's attractive. Of course, uh, the salaries are the highest in the European Union, right? Uh, if you look at the average. But of course, there is the problems of the housing and some situations where maybe it's becoming more difficult to attract talent here because of that. Even if you offer a higher salary to, to young people, and we see a lot of people coming here because of that, even experienced professionals, younger people coming out of the master college. And this attractivity, it needs to be control, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because the, the situation needs to be controlled, otherwise you're just going to lack people in a very short period. It will start to happen. I mean, it, I think it's already happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at how many cross-border workers there are. Well, some people are living outside of Luxembourg because it's a bit cheaper to rent or buy something abroad. But also there are so many people commuting to Luxembourg because they found a job. They already lived in the past before they started working in Luxembourg. They lived abroad, uh, Germany, France, uh, Belgium. No, that's true. And, and there's also a phenomenon that is the same thing that is happening in Lisbon at the moment, which is the locals are being driven away from the city. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's becoming even difficult for the locals because of all the speculation to live in the city. So they're being pushed away and this causes uh, so much confusion. But then, okay, I said, I'm ready for the challenge. Let's do it. And I did it two years ago. I changed. I believe it was 2021. Yeah. So around uh, maybe October 2021, I came and it was still some uh, COVID restrictions in order. There was uh, this uh, protests against the uh, vaccine and now the, this the situation happening at the city. So uh, every time that I came out of the house, uh, it was uh, a bad weather and uh, people complaining and protesting. But th this was... Um, Let's say the negative part of the first impression. But then with time, I started to, I found a place to live, which is a bit complicated as well for people coming here. But I was, yeah, it took me two or three months, two months in an Airbnb until I found an actual apartment. Then I moved to the apartment. Uh, and then my routine started to getting more interesting. At the beginning, I was basically alone in the office because uh, the people were not being called back to the office yet. Everyone was working from home. So this was also kind of a challenge, but also in Portugal at the end there, the, there was the same restrictions. So we were basically working from home and sometimes going to the office and there was no one there. Strange times for everyone. And then things started picking up. People started getting back to the office. I started to make some friends. Of course, it's difficult to, to make friends here in Luxembourg. I think it is an experience that everyone goes through. If you are a French speaker, maybe it's a bit easier, or even Italian speaker, there's a lot of Italians here. Unfortunately, I'm not either. I don't speak either languages. But some friends of mine came here as well to work. Some people that I knew back from college was here. So we kind of, I kind of made some friends. So I was not completely alone, which was good because I read my family's in, in Brazil. So I was here. Uh, but this helped me as well. COVID restrictions wearing down with time. The weather got better. So I came here in October, November, and then it was terrible for some months. Then everything started getting back to life. 
I start to, to, to know some people, make some friends. And at the end, this is what kept me here. And, uh, and I didn't say, okay, I will leave this place and work was okay as well. So here I am two years later in, in Luxembourg at some point around six months ago, I decided to start a podcast in English, which I saw that was something that was lacking. We, uh, me and you, and maybe a couple more people do this in English here. So I said, okay, this, there's space for this. There's space for this. A lot of people are listening to podcasts these days. Also, so, uh, I think this is a legacy from, from the COVID time where people were, were alone at home as well and trying to, to listen to podcasts. And this grew a lot. Of course, podcasts are, are older, but they got uh, hyped. Uh, and this is, is quite nice, actually. And it's interesting for you to hear someone talking. I mean, maybe you're having this internal dialogue, talking as well and thinking, oh, maybe I agree with this guy, maybe I disagree. But the, the main idea of, of uh, I started a podcast with, so I called a friend of mine and said, let's do this, let's try to do one in English, just to talk a little bit about uh, Luxembourg uh, politics, Luxembourg life, um, how is it, uh, and complain as well, because it's very good to complain about the day-to-day things that happen in Luxembourg that makes you mad, but also to inform people about what, what's happening in the city and maybe try to make some connections, talk to people. What's the title of your podcast? So it's Let's Talk About Let's, you know, two dots in, in top of the And the Z yeah, at the end. The Z at yeah, the end. We, we will have a link in the show notes uh, for our listeners. But your podcast is a bit different because it's not podcast in the sense of just audio it's a yeah. it's a video cast, yeah right video so you cast. also i th- think if, if you could maybe describe how you record this and yeah how it looks like and what is your your audience who do you target that podcast to at the beginning the idea was to basically give a brief overview of the events happening in luxembourg weekly and i i called my friend who does this with me which is uh, matt he's also part of the podcast And we start thinking about ways to do it. So we start doing it weekly, and that's what we're doing until now, besides some special occasions where we have guests or we have uh, like the elections where we did a special one as well. But we created an environment in my living room, of course. Like uh, we are here right now sitting in, in my living room. <laughs> yes, and we try to create a bit of a studio-like idea uh, where we put two cameras, uh, each one facing the one of the hosts, so we are two hosts, and one main one where you have the whole picture. We printed the logo, we did some, some basic stuff. I, I've seen to, some nice touches that with that logo there, like yeah, the light. On yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to do it good. Of course, we're not professionals. But um, at the end, I'm I'm very fond of the, the audiovisual aspect of things. I'm a big cinephile, uh, and we are going to talk about yes, that in a yes, few minutes as well. Yes. So I, I went try to do something. Of course, we cannot do it professionally. It's it's not possible with our budget. <laughs> uh, we don't have a studio. But in my living room, we we try to to position things in a way that is good for the people looking, and it's interesting for the people to watch you speak. When you have a camera to you, so and some try to do a good lighting, and of course the topics and the the the, the content is more important. So we try to do a research of what happened in Luxembourg last week, uh, the news, politics, what will happen. There's an agenda where we say, look, if you don't know this, this is happening this weekend. 
you can try to to go there if, if you want if you like this kind of stuff and if you want to if you want to try something different there is that there's this if you want to know more about politics so we research what the the, the parties what they supported kind of where they lean to and we try to make a, a sum of everything of course we it, we don't go too deeply in the in the subject because we we, we don't want to do one that lasts uh, five hours each episode so we try to keep it short, but still it, it's one hour episode every time. And we say, oh, no, let's time that this time we'll do half hour, but we can't. It's, it's too much to d- develop. And when you have two people, uh, the conversation goes and goes and goes. And the topics that you talk about, is it only about uh, do you present information or do you also present your own opinions? We try first to present the, the information in a, in a most neutral way we can. And then we have some discussions about it, what it, what we think, um, our personal views. And we have kind of a weekly rant where we complain about things we don't like in Luxembourg. After all, I think this should be the motto of the, the country sometimes. People like to, to complain here. But uh, yeah, we try to keep it kind of short, kind of direct, kind of neutral. And for you to, to see what it is. And then if you want to do a little uh, dig a, a little bit deeper, do more research. We always leave the links and 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 all of the sources that we are taking this information from, and we give our personal opinions. But this is a more uh, not a big part of the the thing. It's more informative for people to know, people to know what's happening in the country. And we always say to to our viewers and listeners, comment. Uh, you can send an e- email. You can like. You can uh, you know all the this. Basic subscribe, stuff. like, subscribe, um, exactly. send us kisses, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but the idea is to engage with, with mm-hmm. people. Otherwise, uh, there's no point, right? Exactly. So we, want to, to, we want to be useful for people coming here because we all been through the same, like at the beginning. And for English speakers, which is a lot of people, sometimes may be difficult or, or sometimes you don't have the information compiled. So you have to go all around to find things. And, and, and I, I notice a lot also with the agenda, so if you're not looking in 10 places, you never know what's happening. And I see a lot of complaints of people saying, ah, there's nothing to do here. But there is, there is a lot of things going on every week. And uh, if you look, you will find, and we try to bring this to people as well. Yeah, I was I was having exactly the same issue some time ago when I was trying to find what's happening, for example, this weekend or this week in the city. You know, concerts, theater, philharmonic stuff like that and i found i think it's a website that aggregates or at least that's it looked like that it aggregates all of the information that is happening i think it's called miro m-i-r-o yes, yes. but i don't remember i haven't visited in a long time so you, you still yeah, so you yeah. use it? it still exists yeah it, it exists so sometimes we use this one we, we try to gather also i think rtl has some good agenda mm-hmm. weekly agenda so this helps we also receive uh from the commune the monthly program for the city for this is for Luxembourg city but there you have a lot of things that will happen the entire month so usually you receive it beginning of the month i never subscribe to it but it's there in my my mailbox so which is kind quite good i always read it and you have the the whole programming and everything for for the entire month and we start to we're trying to engage with people and it's nice because sometimes we receive comments people say oh this is useful this is informative and we always say, if you want to, if you want to complain, when you, you want to say if we are wrong, that's okay as well. It's good to engage, and constructive criticism is always welcome. Of course, we're trying to to make it better. 
but for us, it's we have our full time job. We 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 are busy, but uh, we try to do something nice. You mentioned that uh, this is a kind of special project for you because it's not only a podcast, it's also a videocast. So there's yep. a video part and that you are very much interested in videography. Can you tell us something a, more, a bit more about that? Of course, of course, yeah. So so coming back to the, the beginning, the root of the thing, since I'm a pre-teen or teenager, I always enjoyed the, the cinema, going to the cinema, watching movies. And at a very early age, I started I started to collect. It was DVDs already at the time. I had some VHS, but it was already DVDs. And I started growing this collection. I started watching every movie there is on the face of the earth. And that was a good experience for me. And I value this until this day, piece of entertainment where you can just focus, sit there and let yourself immerse on this the whole world that you are watching it's like reading a book but a 2.0 version let's say of course and especially so i contemplated start going to film school but in brazil it was very complicated you have a few and a few film schools and to go abroad as well it's difficult in europe uh, the I- ideal world would be go to the us to do it uh, but then it's uh, costly yeah, but more prohibitive right? yeah, yeah yeah it's very complicated so I'd say, okay, let's keep this as a kind of a hobby, but a very strong one, and let's go to the other side. Because as I mentioned, uh, film has a lot of connections with international relations as well. A lot of films talk about politics, a lot of films talk about um, geopolitics, and a lot of films, there is this intricate vision of the filmmaker and the writers, and sometimes... It's related to the period that they are living in. So if you watch a movie, you see clear some for some time periods, you see clearly that they're trying to construct these characters uh, as they were in the world they were living at the time, the person, the filmmaker and the person writing. And it's an interesting thing to see. And you see it changing from decade to decade. When you watch a movie, things are completely different. If you watch a movie from 20 years ago, if watch the you, if you watch the movie the movies that are coming out now the subjects are different the characters are different different the writing is different everything it's kind of a in a changing state all the time so i did not went to film school but this is always a, it was always a, a big hobby of mine going to the theater i like going to the movies also it's something that during covid we lost but uh, at least this gave me an excuse to better my my equipment at home to watch some some films and so this was a big part of my life all through college all through my adult life just trying to immerse myself and these days as well it's something that keeps me off the cell phone because we are the whole day just uh scrolling or looking at the phone every five minutes and for me it's kind of a ritual so i, I will i say i will watch a movie now and i just I leave my phone off and that's a challenge to not look at it for one second and just watch the movie, pay attention, 
really get the full experience of watching a movie. And I see that today also things are getting faster and faster, quicker and quicker. Everything needs to be quick. And you, when you look at the video, it needs to be five seconds. If you, there's no retention, the, the attention span of people are just missing. And what what's your favorite movie gender or movie type? Yeah. And from which period of time? So I would say... I'm not a guy that goes and see only like art house movies and uh, very underground things, which some I like. And I, I, I'm also not a big, very big fan of blockbusters. I'm kind of in between the two. But I, I like war movies, especially like Apocalypse Now is, is a movie that I like a lot, not only because of the movie itself, but by the history. It's based on a book which I already liked, which it's... Not exactly about the Vietnam War, but it's about uh, colonialism in Africa. It's a, some things that connect, uh, which I found it very interesting. So I like war movies. I like thrillers, uh, especially neo-noir cop thrillers. So, the, you know, the, the cop with the complicated past and trying to fight his demons. Uh, it's, it's, I know it's, it's been made a thousand times, but there are some very good ones. And also some more artistic movies, maybe um, the directors that I like most, like Scorsese, which is very action-packed, but also um, some things like David Lynch, which is very, um, it's a very different structure of movies. And when I saw for the first time, I was, okay, this is this is very nice because it, it's complete the complete opposite of other filmmakers. But he... You don't, you don't know what is real when you watch the movie. It's not linear. Things are happening. You don't know the timeline. You don't know what is real and what is not. You don't know exactly what's going on, and it's up to interpretation. And I like a lot that he never says what the movie is about. It's up to you to to watch it, and, and, and you make it what you want of it. So this is something... And of course, these kind of movies I started to like in it more after I was older but uh, during college war movies cop movies this is something which always interested me yeah. when you when you mention a cop movie there was one movie well actually it's a bit of a series it's not a series but there were different um, I don't know how to call it episodes of the movies you know like part one part two yep. part two and a half naked gun ah uh, yes It's 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 not probably this uh, this kind of cop movie that you had in mind. No, but uh, it's it's for me it's 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 this unique form of art, Naked Gun, the humor yeah. uh, in in that movie uh, as well. And you also mentioned uh, Scorsese, that is one of your favorite um, directors. I think he uh, he produced and directed uh, Taxi or Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Taxi yes. Driver. Actually, by coincidence, I saw it. Two weekends ago, I think, two weeks ago, uh, for the first time. And it's a movie from the 70s? 70s. Yeah. 70s. And usually I don't watch this kind of old movies, but I was really, my wife kind of suggested that we watch it. She, she saw it like already a couple of times for sure. But I, I watched it because she suggested, and usually you don't uh, go against what your wife says <laughs> to you. And I was really, I really enjoyed this movie. Yep. Like, like like you said, there are, there are a lot of, different paths that the movie is talking about and it's up to the the viewer yeah, yeah. to really find all the information that he or she she needs to or wants to find 
And it was also very interesting to, to see how the character developed. Uh, there were those waves of development yeah. of the taxi driver from a regular guy to a crazy guy to a psychopath, again, to kind of regular guy. And then he rejected, rejecting her uh, at the end yeah. of the, the movie, uh, uh, someone that she, he was pursuing her, but we will not spoil for those who haven't <laughs> seen it. And also it, it reminds me a bit of the, the Joker movie the, the yes from kind of, yeah ago. it's on the the same it's kind same of line. kind yeah. of the same the same line which i also very much enjoy i don't know what's your opinion about the joker movie it's good i like i like it uh it's darker I, i'm not a big fan of superhero movies it's not exactly a superhero but in the same universe and this is one of the ones that i like it's it's dark and steeper and violent uh I, I I don't like when things are toned down for the audi audience. I like to watch it the, the more crude and real thing. So I like this uh, the the Joker and the new one. You know, we we have a two now. I'm always worried uh, we will have. You will have it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm always a bit afraid when you do sequel. Yeah. What What's the place that you prefer to watch the the movies? At home, at cinema, on your phone? Usually at home. Uh, I like to go to the cinema, but. It depends on the movie because if it's too crowded, I don't, I don't feel like it's a good experience. Usually, people are talking, coming in late. Um, I don't feel like it's a, it's the perfect experience. But if it's a, a, a movie more, a more adult movie, usually it's more quiet. People are there paying attention to the movie. So I like going to the theater, but if not possible, then at home, which is most of them I, I watch at home. I think. My watch list today is in the 4,000 probably movies watched. And I always keep tabs on the movies I'm watching, always rating them or IMDb. And when you, when you listen at home, do you, do you listen on the headphones uh, or the regular uh, yeah. set? I'm, and the follow-up question is, which part of a movie is the most important and the most engaging for you? Is it... The the video part, yeah, the, is visual. It the, uh, the visual, is it, or the audio, or the colors? Yeah. So the colors are, are very important to me. And there's a very good directors that, that do this. Uh, got a Danish director who directed Drive, and he's colorblind, so he puts a lot of color in his movies. And it's something I really like to watch, the visual aspect. One of the movies that I like the most, it's called Paris, Texas from the 80s. And he has a very strong a palette of colors. Um, it's something I, I also find very nice to be visually stimulated, stimulating, and also the audio. So the audio part for me, it's important as well. At my home, I don't have now, right at the moment, a uh, good home theater. And that's my my next uh, purchase for sure. And I'm looking at it. But I bought a, a big TV to watch. I, I, don't, I didn't bought a projector because for me, it was it's a rented house. I didn't want to make the, the 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 whole it would be complicated to do mm -hmm. but uh, i bought a big tv and i try to watch in the highest quality possible sometimes the older movies are more difficult to come by but uh, we have our ways to, to watch the movies something i like is the sometimes they remaster like in 4k which is nice but sometimes they only do it for the us and it's boring because the blu-rays are region locked so you don't have any europe a lot of them then you have to go to other means to to do it to watch. It. We we will not go into yeah, details, yeah. Um, talking about it. So you mentioned that the colors and the visual play an important role to you. I think one of the modern directors 
and by coincidence, I saw one of his movies just uh, on on Saturday. Is uh, Wes Anderson? Yes, he has a very specific way of of framing everything and then showing the color palette. Yeah, the symmetry, the colors. It's very characteristic. I I, re- I like this dir- director very much. I like the way it's a very unique style, and every time he he launches a movie, I, I watch it. I try to watch it in the in the the cinema because some directors is better to watch in a big 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 screen because of those those things that are very. Uh, there's a high quality of work there, craftsmanship in the color, in the audio, in the symmetry of things. When you watch a movie of his, you know this director directed this movie because it's, it's very particular. And I enjoyed it very much. I'm looking forward for his next movie. I think it's out this month or next month. I appreciate Wes Anderson production and, and movies, but every movie is visually to me, and I'm not such a big fan of, of cinema as you are. For me, it seems at some point boring. It's like, oh, again, I know yeah. what to expect visually. What's it, your opinion it, it's on that? Not, yeah, it, yeah. So that that's the thing. You cannot rely too much on the visual aspect and leave the 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 good writing behind. So he has these highs and lows in movies. Usually, suppose the the his character development, for example, the Royal Tenemos, which is one of his most famous movies. It's a bit old, old, it's two thousand three, I think, or something. That's not old. Yeah, exactly. But uh, today, these days, you say yeah, something yeah. 2005. Oh no, I would not watch that. But yeah, his character development used to be good. Some are some movies are better than the others. Yeah, of course, it's not action packed. Sometimes the pacing can be a problem. So a good filmmaker needs to needs to be an equilibrium between. You don't, it, also, you don't want just to put something beautiful uh, in visual, but uh, lacking content or substance. There's a I would say uh, I would say a bit controverse uh, idea of mine about like the avatar movies which is kind of an example of what i say it's like beautiful uh, effects uh, but the history the the writings so i i heard a lot about avatar i made a cautious decision not to watch it it's visually okay to watch it in in the cinema but uh, the history is just not there the character development it does not exist it's just a generic thing to show the new effects that James Cameron the, the director developed yeah but uh, it's a it's a equilibrium of things you have to have a, and of course it's hard you have to have a good visual good history good uh, writing and good sounds it's a, it's a kind of a dance a perfect everything uh, yeah right? it's everything yeah that's why you have so many bad movies and a few good. So, what is your one favorite movie? If you had to name one, and why? It would be a better at the top ten, top top five. Uh, but I would say, as I mentioned before, Paris, Texas. It's a movie that I enjoyed very much. And why? Why is it your favorite? Um, I think the development of the story visually it's perfect for me, uh, and the development of the characters and the climax at the end of the movie. It's a very touching movie, I would say, uh, because it's the uh, the hero journey, as in almost every movie. But it's very com- contemplative, but not pre- in a pretentious way to be difficult. You know, it, it shows you something. It shows you visually a beautiful idea and the scenery, and it's all again, it's connected to the time, things that were happening. 
is very connected to the idea of globalization, but it's not exactly that. But things happening, a consumism um, idea in the in the U.S., and then you show in this man that is is uh, lost in the desert. Basically, he's lost in the desert. Uh-huh. He moved. He f- disappeared for two years, and his journey to reconnect with his son, which is a child, uh, and then to find his lost wife as well. Uh, so pretty interesting. At the end, in the end, the end for me, it's uh, one of the best scenes in, in cinema. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- uh, I put this one in top one, but there are others. I understand. Uh, yeah. And what is the worst, the the most terrible movie that you think you wasted your life, like couple of hours for watching? What was like the top, that the lowest movie that you that is on your list? There's a lot. There's a too many. <laughs> there's there's a lot, but I would say any. Uh, this might sound a bit harsh, but any rom uh, romantic comedy for me. When I wa- I start watching it, at one minute I know everything that's gonna happen in mm. the movie, all of the, the the highs and lows, and it's just poorly made. The dialogue is just. What's this? What's this series of movies with Van Diesel like Need for Speed? I ah, yeah, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah. Oh, these are terrible as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I I saw a trailer for Fast and Furious like twenty two. A week ago, yeah, the, yeah. The, I think it's ten, not ten, eleven or something. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the, like the first one I watched as a kid, and for me it was nice to watch as a kid. See, oh, the guys driving fast cars, whatever. But then I watched today, and I was like, okay, this is a waste of life. It, it got to the point that all of the CGI is so fake, yeah. right? I mean, I think they they start running out of budget, and the CGI is not. Yeah, the they best. just put. Uh, they do a, try to do it uh, practical effects just to cut the fast the, the cameras to try to make it look like it's very very fast things are happening and if you put some CGI of that time which was very expensive to do it uh, it's just ridiculous I mean the, the back then I think that the CGI was not so much of a CGI quite a lot of stunts were like real yeah real yeah stuff. these days it's a CGI made on a computer yeah and i even like saw indiana jones they will release indiana jones yes uh, i think quite soon this year i saw the trailer and you know i was maybe not a big fan but you know indiana jones from my childhood yeah yeah. memory sentiment etc i would like to watch it but i've seen a few scenes in the trailer that was looked so fake like visually it's not it would not be a, a pleasant uh, movie for me but i might watch it yeah, out yeah it's nice to revisit uh, like a nostalgic feeling this is something important important i say important for me as well sometimes you get the nostalgic feeling of things that passed on your life or happened and you're looking at this and you are connecting to the moment where you first watched this and how your life was at that point and how is it now so it's something nice that brings you back to a time when you watched it and so you were watching it again. If I understood well, you you are not only enjoying the the visual aspect and the production and the different messages that are in the yeah. movie, but you're also looking for a connection between a movie and your personal life. Yeah, at some point, yeah, it depends on the movie, of course. But uh, yeah, if you look at things and you see uh, this situation, these things maybe connect to something that happened in your life. It's nice as well to, if you have this connection, of course, many movies you don't, and they're still good. But uh, if you have a deeper one where you can really see, it's nice. Do you have also the opposite happening that something happens in your life and you start to thinking about this or that movie? Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't Can you remember an example. I think specific. No, no, I no. Okay. No, I can't remember it in the top of my head. But uh, for sure, there's at some point you think, oh, maybe the the situation portrayed in that movie was uh, actually realistic. Maybe when you see it, you mm -hmm. think, I will never think that or say that. But it, when you are put in the position, you say, okay, maybe I would. So you, you're. I think you mentioned also reading the books. So you're not only. Uh, watching movies, but you yeah. also read the books. Yeah, I I used to have a you know a big habit of uh, reading when I was teenager until I started college, but then with all the the technical books, uh, I read a lot in college, but not the, the the nicest kind of reading, more dense and more academic things, and this kind of let me off a bit of of the books. But it's something that I always I always enjoyed, and if a movie has a book that is based on. I try to read it. Well, sometimes it's not possible, but I try to read it. And well, 99% of the times it's not faithful exactly to the actual movie. But one that I can outline that I really liked and I enjoyed reading while I was a teenager was the Godfather book, which is very good. And of course, you have more in the book than in the movies, but it's quite faithful adaptation. And of course, the Godfather is a perfect movie. In my opinion, of course. <laughs> so another another top movie on the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. And uh, reading the book also um, expanded the universe, let's say that, of the movie and uh, made me have a, a good, a different view of the characters because there are characters that are different. They are not different. They are the same characters, but they have more history line in the, in the books than in the movie. So this was pretty cool as well. And when you read books, do you like reading them on a printed version yeah. or you are more of a Kindle? No, I can't. I can't. Only only physical. Physical? I can't, yeah. And I, when I start reading uh, PDFs on a Kindle, five minutes, I'm tired already. Is so, it because your eyes get tired or it's this, you don't have this feeling yeah, of a I don't paper? have the fear. Yeah. That's very nice because you are you are a young person and you are still well still you are used to I want to use yeah the I was bush, bush. yeah I was born with a computer or uh, yeah. using the computer daily not a cell phone yeah cell phone ten years old already had a cell phone eight years old so yeah but I still kept this I, I think for my my parents they 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 read a lot and we always had a, a big library at home so I always had this this touch this feeling of of reading and, and touching the books. I always bought a lot of books, but I ended that habit now. Also with the DVDs and Blu-rays, because uh, when you move, is a whole mess, and uh, you and when the technology evolves for books, no, but for for DVDs, the technology evolves, and then what you're gonna do with this, all these DVDs? They don't look so good now. Mm. Yeah, DVD. I haven't seen a DVD in a long time. Yeah. So when I when I moved from Brazil, actually, I donated my collect my personal collection to the like public library, so so people could watch. And not the the best, but the movies were very good. The selection was good. It's probably somewhere in the museum right yeah, now. Yeah, they their show they're just playing. Oh, look at this! You you might not remember. I still remember the three and a half inch floppy disks for computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very young, but I remember. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wonder, like, I it's such a fond memory because they were, like, little games. Yeah, there. and you have more than one, right? To, to Yeah, you have to load, sometimes you have, like, four or even yeah. six you have to load, and uh, the whole game was on, uh, you know, three discs. I don't remember, it was, like, three megabytes per disc, I yeah. think. Yeah, 
So but for I think the, those are the the best ones, the latest ones. The latest yeah, for for yeah. the oldest one was the oldest was like I don't remember how big it was, but it was uh, yeah. you could it was flexible. You could you could flex it. <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember those uh, as well. You like reading books. You obviously like to. You enjoy watching the the movies, and you you analyze yeah. them. So, how do you watch a movie? Like, do you sit down and you just watch it in one go without yeah. any breaks? Yeah. That's uh, that, uh, sorry if you can finish, but that's something that I feel it's one of the most important things. Don't stop a movie in the middle. Either you watch it the whole thing or don't watch. It. And don't you want to sometimes? pause the movie and just reflect on the last few scenes and analyze it or do you know do you do you do you do that afterwards after yeah i do the whole experience the whole movie then i stop and if then if it's something more deep and dense then i can watch it again then stop at a few scenes just to think about it but the first time always sit down no cell phone watch the whole movie then stop think well about what you saw And then maybe if it's a good one, you will stick into your in your head for two days. And do you rewatch it almost immediately, or after some time, or you d- decide, oh, I need to. It's an interesting movie. I need to rewatch it, and then you always wait, let's say, a week or two. Yeah, wait a bit. Yeah, usually for for the ones that are stuck in my head, maybe one two weeks later, I watch again. There are not very much. I don't don't watch again many movies. Just some. That are very good. Otherwise, some that I found okay, good, but I will not watch it again. Probably that's eighty-five percent of that. And I try to these days, since my time is shorter, I try to select well what I'm watching. And sometimes I can get uh, a bit upset because uh, I say, okay, I put two hours of my time into this. I'm very concentrated, and at the end, it did not deliver anything. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's it. I, I like the, the experience of watching a movie, and I think. Uh, it's a good thing because the um, the intensity of the light of the TV it's softer on you than on the cell phone. Cell phone is, is I would say, a bit strong. So if you watch a, a movie on your cell phone with a, a lot of light before going to bed, you maybe you will not sleep that well. Mm-hmm. So it's good to watch a movie with the lights off. Uh, it's a bit relaxing for me, at least I would say, before going to to bed. Besides, if, even if if you have a big cell phone. It's still a small screen, yeah. right? You yeah. cannot really enjoy the whole spectrum no. of the no, visually, no, no. Right. it's impossible. And I, I, I fear, no, yeah, maybe I fear that uh, things are getting more and more built to the cell phones. So I know for a fact that Netflix it has guidelines for its for its movies. So the directors who do the Netflix movies, uh, they need to follow certain specific specificities to make it good to watch on a cell phone. But making it good to watch on a cell phone, kind of good, it takes away the quality of watching the way you're supposed to. Uh, with the big screen and, and, and the scenes positioned in, in a certain manner, they also ask you to use specific cameras that look good on cell phones and tablets. So the business is way more focused now. And for Amazon Prime, probably it's the same thing. Uh, they're, they're more focused now on creating content for cell phones. 
and less and less for the big, huge screen. So as, as a person who obviously knows more than an average person about movies and really enjoys the art okay. of watching, have yes. you considered, uh, besides going to the to the studies, have you considered or tried to make a movie on your own? I tried to write a few, uh, but I could never finish an entire script. But it was something in the future. Maybe I would, I will go in the near future to film school just to go and maybe do some experiments. At some point, it's something I would like to do. Maybe in five, ten years. But do you need to go to the school to no to do make something? a movie? No, no, no. But uh, to really understand how it is, and also sometimes to use the structure of the of the film school, because because of course these days you have a, you have an iPhone, you can shoot an entire movie with an iPhone. A lot of people done it, but it's challenging and time consuming. Sometimes if you have the, already the professional equipment and you have the editing rooms, this is important as well. They have usually in the university they have good ones, um, but not necessarily. You don't need to go to to school to to shoot a movie. I, th I think you have a pretty good chance if you just do it like that because you will not be constrained by the, let's say the theory yeah. that would be taught in a in a school. Your mind is free; you can do whatever yeah. you want, yeah. right? And then you know, all the cameras that uh, they sell right now, they can you can shoot in 4K from your video cast production. You have the microphones; you know how to <laughs> operate them. So the audio audio is covered. And then just uh, learn, you know, Da Vinci Code and color yeah. grading and all yeah, that then stuff. yeah, the, those things. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Hey, good good luck. I, I really let let me know uh, if you if you produce it. I, I would love uh, to watch it. I mean, even a short movie like two or three minutes can be really engaging. Yeah, you you gave me good ideas today. Two good ones. <laughs> I will I will send you the invoice later for consulting. So we covered films, we covered books, very interesting, but there is also something that you're interested in, and it's on a completely different spectrum, which is sports and, and football. Just before we started recording, you mentioned that you just flew with your private jet from Milan, where you played a football game. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about that game and your interest yeah. in football? Yes. Well, well, from Brazil, it's already halfway there, so we love football. But since I was a child, uh, my grandfather uh, used to take me to the stadium since maybe nine, ten years old, and I start getting a taste of it, and I like the atmosphere, and it was a good thing to to spend time with him as well, and this kind of become a habit. So I watched every, I watch every game of my team sometimes here in Europe at 3 a.m. I just wake up to watch it and go to sleep again to work it next day at 8 a.m. But it's something that always been part of my life. This one even before films. Uh, I always saw the people around me, my father, my grandfather, everyone uh, watching football and being so into it and supporting the team and going to the stadium and discussing and complaining and the, the excitement when you win. And of course, I start playing since an early age, not at professional level, of course. Uh, but I, I played all through school, through high school. Then in college, I, I slowed down a lot. I do not play anymore. Uh, got out of shape. But uh, now I try to pick up back again when I moved to Luxembourg. And coming back to that old topic, football is a, it's a good way to make connection with people. Because uh, it, for me, it took one hour to find a group to play football. 
and uh, we we they, someone put me in a WhatsApp group and we were already scheduling games for next week and I, I met a lot of people doing that. So I supported uh, my local team always, even from here. Every time that I go go back to Brazilian vacation, I, I try to go to the games. I buy a I buy a shirt. I'm a uh, lifetime associate of the of the club membership. What's the name of the club? Grêmio. And well, I'm I'm very fond of of football, and playing also was good for me. Uh, not only here in Luxembourg, but uh, in school, it's nice as well. We have a good. It creates a good uh, sense of uh, not only competition, sportsmanship, but also connection with other people. It's not an individual sport, you know. You need to trust the the other person. Uh, you need to work together. Um, so it's something that if you don't all work together, if you don't get along, if you don't work as a team, nothing will happen. So this, uh, I think, it, it quite helped me in in, in life. I'd say it's But, kind of like making a movie yeah. as well, right? You yeah. To make all the to pieces, trust yeah. your audio guy, sound yeah. guy, the head grip or the main grip, yeah, and everyone on the set. Yeah, so it's, it's everything needs to be in synchrony for things to work. And, and here in Luxembourg, I try to keep up also with the local football uh, in the sense of the national team. I'm always going to the national team games. Luxembourgish. Yeah, Luxembourgish, yeah. That's all good, but uh, we're there to support. <laughs> good, good. I mean, all the support is, is needed and very much appreciated. I think they played a game with Malta. Yeah, and they, they managed to lose to Malta, which was... Oh, I thought they won. Was it zero one? I think it was zero one. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was one zero. Maybe yeah. I because I'm I was listening. I'm, I'm learning Luxembourgish, so oh, okay. all the news that when I drive car, I, I always put the Luxembourgish news on. Yeah. So probably yeah, have to improve because I, I thought actually Luxembourg won. But but it was a it was a friendly match, so it did not mean much. But the next week, I believe we have the Euro qualifiers, and this is a very important match. Uh, so it's possible for the Luxembourgish national team to go to the Euro, which would be a very big thing. I think it never went. And the group is Portugal, which will win, will be the first place. But the second place, it's completely open. You have Liechtenstein, you have Luxembourg, and you have... Liechtenstein? Yeah, yeah. Liechtenstein plays. Yeah. They have, they the have next a... game is against... Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a smaller country. Yeah. Even smaller than Luxembourg, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how they found players. And put them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, why Luxembourg doesn't do it? Such a such a you know rich country. Yeah, but um, Luxembourgish players are mostly from Portuguese origin. I would say for the national team, probably sixty percent of them. Then even you know, then why? I mean, Portuguese players are good yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, the team is improving; it's getting better. Okay. But they, no, none of them, I, I think, play here in Luxembourg. They play in other clubs, but they play for the national team of Luxembourg. Okay, I, I know nothing about football, to be honest. <laughs> you you mentioned that you also found some friends. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we play it on a weekly basis. Uh, now I'm playing with, with my company was promoting a. Uh, football tournament internal mm -hmm. so each branch sent their their team there to to italy to play and uh well i joined the team and we went yeah we we, we did not win but uh, it was a good run which place did you uh four four or fifth yeah. out of 12 maybe yeah oh, that's not bad congratulations yeah, it was okay we we won two we draw one and we lose only one Okay, well, yeah. congratulations. And as long as you had fun, that's yeah, the most important that's the right? important part, yeah. And, uh, well, we tied against the champion, which was uh, Poland. Uh, 
So it was, it was cool. The, the Poland branch, uh, the guys were very young, very fit, and we were a bit uh, already a more sen- senior team. And who won? The Polish team? Yeah, the Polish team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm Polish. So that's yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know. That's, what I, that's <laughs> why I mentioned that. I think we covered so many nice and interesting topics from your video cast. Let's talk about let. Let's, let's talk about let's. let's yeah. About your passion for movies. We also talked and you shared with us about reading books and your passion for, for football. Phil, thank you so much for joining the, the show and coming on the show and for sharing your, your passions. That's the, the whole idea for the yeah. podcast, to have people share their passions, what they're doing in Luxembourg, what they find interesting in life. We will definitely include the link to your videocast in the show notes and also to some other things like the movies that you recommended Thanks. and also maybe the, the link, if it exists, to your football club back in yes. Brazil. Thank you so much. Thank you.